0: Welcome to the Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is with Ryan. I will be your host. Today we have Ashley Heller who is a Spartan pro, a coach, and just an awesome overall athlete. So Ashley is a really deep thinker when it comes to the sport and about performance in general. And in this episode, we actually dive into an incident that happened to her just about a year ago and how it really shifted her perspective around training and racing. So it was an awesome and honest conversation. I think you'll get a ton of value from it. Uh, The previous conversation I had with Ashley in February of of 2020 on this podcast. I took a lot from it. So I was really excited to have her back on and she did not disappoint. So I loved everything about this. So uh, before we get into it, some quick housekeeping. So we're going to try a series of YouTube lives with previous guests so that you get a chance to engage a little bit more in on the conversation. So we're starting out with the one and only Taylor Cruz. And Taylor was just on an episode, I think it was 152, and he dropped Knowledge over and over. So go back and listen to that episode because Taylor is has a great concept for how to manage pain and how to engage with performance. And we actually talk a lot about Taylor in this episode with Ashley because she works directly with him. So a lot of great stuff. So if you are interested in getting involved in that live conversation, that will be Thursday, June 17th at 9 a.m. Eastern. If you can't make it, but you have questions for Taylor, there is a Google form in the show notes below where you could submit a question and hopefully we can get to that through the live stream. Cool, so hope to see you there. And also, some quick shout-outs to some badass athletes who competed this past uh, these past few weekends. First, shout-out to Heather White, who snagged her third straight podium in these hybrid races. She's really found her niche. This time, it was at the Orlando High Rocks, where she finished third behind Lauren Weeks and Tara Jackson in a time of 116-16, and that's two minutes off of her previous PR, which was in Dallas uh, just a couple weeks back. So Heather is one of the hardest workers I've ever had the privilege to coach, and there is no doubt that she will keep making progress. So make sure you take a look for her at Chicago during the U.S. Championships. Big shout to the homie Joe Roberto, who finished fifth at the High Rocks Orlando with a time of one seventeen forty nine. That's a full seven minutes off of his PR. So Joe is dedicated to fitness. He loves his style. He loves to grind. He loves anything that's going to be extremely hard, was heavy lifting and fast running. So big shout out to him. He will also be in Chicago putting in work. And lastly, shout out to Jeannie Orend, who ran the Beast in Ohio. She won the 40 to 44 age group, and she was also the top finisher across all age group competitors. So Jeannie came to, came to me when we started working together and said she didn't want to sacrifice her love for doing gym-based workouts, but she also had aspirations to compete to the best of her abilities in longer races so we put together a plan where we were able to kind of balance out everything and the results are, are starting to come to, to really pour in for her so this is her second race of the year this is her second overall win so she's really we're really on to something with that and she's putting in work and she's doing the thing so congrats to her and make sure you take a look for genie come championship season all right that was a lot thank you for sticking it out this convo with ashley heller is a million times worth it, so let's just get it. All right, we're on. Ashley Heller, hello, what's going on? Hi. <laughs> so, I'm pumped to have you back. Uh, the first time we connected on the show, I had a great conversation with you. It's one of my favorites to date. I actually took a lot of the information that you were sharing and put a lot of those things into my personal practice because it, like, really, I really did connect with a lot of the things that you were saying. And I actually was looking back, uh, just like today or yesterday, about when that was, it was like right at the end of February in 2020. So it was just before the world fell apart.
1: Uh. So,
0: so since then a lot has changed. And, you know, when we were talking about setting this up and like, like kind of what we wanted to talk about, it was a lot about the perspective, uh, about how things have may have changed over the years. Um, and one with obviously with the pandemic happening, but two that you also had, uh, an injury, um, I know a little bit about it just because I've uh, just from following you and just talking back and forth a little bit. But I'd like to start there and just kind of talk about like what happened. (laughs) So what did happen with the injury?
1: Yeah, so that's kind of a can of worms. And uh, I could say like since February of 2020 last year. You could argue that I'm like a completely different person. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of life events happened kind of all at the same time, not just the pandemic, like without that as part of this, everything kind of changed for me in my world. Um, so yeah, so injury. And let's talk about that first, I guess. Um, and then it, like this kind of just started a downhill effect of things in my life. <laughs> hmm. <clears throat> so I don't think you realize how loaded of a question it was, but just, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh no i uh was riding my bike it was actually last june so it's almost been a year now um riding my elliptigo <clears throat> bike on a road that i've been training on for years now and uh i was hit behind by an suv by a gold chevy tahoe to be specific
0: um, get a and- license plate and the whole deal
1: <laughs> i didn't get a license plate actually uh because well Turns out when you get hit behind, from behind on a bike and then it's a hit and run and they left me in the ditch. It's kind of hard to remember Tuck certain details. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was a hit and run. They left me in the dirt, like in the dirt. I looked, like looked up. My face was right next to a garbage can. These people who I, this guy's come out and talked to me before. The guys whose trash can my face was um, connecting with. And then, uh, <laughs> so the guy left. And uh, these other nice people actually stopped and like scraped me up off the road. And then emergency services were called, and my poor husband was at football practice because he coaches high school football. And he got a call and he could hear the sirens like in the phone and the, <laughs> at the field because it wasn't that far mm-hmm. away. Um, yeah, so it was kind of a whole ordeal. Um, and then, you know, they obviously like going to the hospital and stuff, they were worried about. Internal bleeding, like they asked me probably a hundred times. Did the handlebars hit you in the stomach? Stuff like that. I'm like, no, I was on my lip to go, not a regular bike. And then they had no idea what that was. And um, it was very traumatic. Uh, <laughs> there was lots of crying and screaming and yelling. Why didn't you? Le- why did you leave me here? And then this poor old man that picked me up out of the dirt. I was bleeding everywhere um, and he had this like white handkerchief and he came over and he like put it on my hand that was bleeding everywhere and I was like, I'm going to ruin your hanky. It's
0: like, it's fine. Take yeah. it. It's like, this is the best I can do. It's all I can offer you.
1: I was so worried about his handkerchief. I was like, it's ruined. It's like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I ended up At the emergency room, they kind of decided what to do x-rays on. Like, I didn't, it was weird. They were just like, where does it hurt? And I was like, everywhere, (laughs) God. So they x-rayed, like, my hip, ankle, knee, and elbow, uh, and everything was fine. My elbow hurt so bad, and it was huge. I had, like, a unicorn sticking out of my elbow. Um, I ended up rupturing a bursa. I don't know if you've ever done that. It hurts so much worse than any other injury, I swear to God. Uh, Just, like, to touch,
0: like, on that, like, To touch it, it hurts really bad, right? Yeah, if I
1: barely bumped it on anything, I, like, came unglued. It was awful, Um, which is so stupid, like, such a little (laughs) thing. Um, But, yeah, so then that all came out clear and stuff, and they're like, you just sort of beat up, uh, take a few days to recover. If you have anything lingering, then you might want to go see, like, if anything continues to hurt for a while, you might want to go see an orthopedist because you could have a crack in your bone or, like, you could have broken something that we didn't see. And I was like, okay, whatever, great. So not great, but okay. (laughs) So I left and then um, I was pretty mad about the whole situation. And uh, and, then a couple, like I kept kind of running and I kept having this lingering leg pain. And (laughs) I actually remember I just was looking through my phone the other day and I saw a video that I sent to my friend Casey Monroe, who's a PT. And I was like, when I do this, it hurts really bad. And every time I like would barely touch my skin, my whole foot would just like jerk. And I was like, you idiot. Like looking back, obviously that was damaged. So I ended up going to the doctor and um, yeah, I had a fractured tibia that I had continued to run on, which was really not good.
0: So was it just because they just didn't <laughs> x-ray? They didn't check that out. That's how they missed it. They just, they were just yeah. checking everything, maybe the main, the key spots that where they could, the, where you might have landed. Potentially yes. is what they were kind of checking for. Yeah. So that makes sense into, into like kind of why they missed it. Um, how long did you mm-hmm. not run for?
1: Like after it happened? Yeah. A couple yeah. days.
0: <laughs> <laughs> At least you took a couple of days.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was I was really mad because so I was – lots of people said you need to take like a week off. And I was like, no, I'm not going to let this random person who doesn't know anything about me um, and who try to dictate my life change what i do like i'm not going to let them dictate what i do with my life and make my life decisions for me so i was like determined and hell-bent on um i was like no i'm running i shouldn't have i really shouldn't have looking back like that was some of the most painful couple of weeks ever
0: <laughs> yeah it's got to be hard. like when i think when i think about this right like i've been hurt of a lot of time, so usually it's self-inflicted right it's like i've done sure. something to the point it's like oh i did too much too soon i was stubborn i just went beyond where i should have gone and like it was on me so like the recovery time there is no like it's all i take i take the brunt of it like and if i get angry i'm angry at myself if i'm disappointed it's like disappointed in myself but i've never had anything like this where it's like a trauma that was that was completely out of my control and like so like the did that have a lot to do with how you did respond to it? Like, like you said, like, I'm just going to keep running because screw this guy. Like this, I didn't even do anything. Like I should still be able to run. Like, what was that like?
1: Um. Yeah. So I think this is where it gets kind of ugly and gross. Um. Like not that the accident was ugly and gross by itself. <laughs> not the
0: bloody handkerchief, but the emotional yeah. baggage after.
1: <laughs> the emotional baggage after is probably the hardest thing I've had to deal with. And I am still kind of coping with this. And uh, like I don't know if you've heard what Heather, happened to Heather Galnick recently. Same kind of sim- situation. Oh, you haven't ahead, heard no, this? No. She got hit by, a, yeah, she got hit by a car uh, last week or two weeks ago or something like that. Now, um, and fractured her fibula. No way. Uh, wow. And, yeah, and she's out. So I've been having a lot of conversations with her about like the emotional aspect of this because what's hard is like like physically, I'm gonna heal. I'll be the bones will heal. It'll be fine. Like eventually, you know what I mean. Honestly, the emotional part of this whole thing and the, like you said, the trauma is, has been the hardest, like one of the hardest things I've actually had to go through ever. Um, because what happened, like, so I'm a really firm believer that, like, I can dictate my, what happens to me. I'm, con- I'm in control of my future. And just like you said, injuries, like anything that I've done there that I've been hurt for. That I've gotten hurt from in the past is self inflicted, like a stress reaction or a stress fracture, or whatever. I did that to myself, uh, because I did something stupid in training or I did too much or whatever, you know? Um, but this having somebody like for a really long time and still like having somebody else dictate my fate was really hard for me to swallow because like, and it took me going to some counseling and stuff to figure this out. Um, so after this, I was diagnosed actually with PTSD from the event. And I've had like a couple of episodes, if you mm. will, air quotes on episodes, <laughs> um, like freak out sessions <laughs> where like uh, I've tried to like run down that road. And the first time I did that, I like had this crazy panic attack and got like so freaked out that I started like I threw up. I was like physically ill from traumatic experience of being in this situation. Um, so it kind of like shattered one of my main core beliefs that like I I can control everything that happens to me mm. and dictate my future because somebody else actually had that power over me without me allowing that them to do that if that makes sense. So it kind of like shattered like my own identity in a way.
0: <laughs> totally, and like thinking of that, it has to be unforeseen, right? Because like you said, you're in your reality and that's why it's so hard to, with anything really, like when you're thinking about it from that respect, like if you're having an argument about something, even like politics and someone like proves a thought of yours wrong, it's so hard to let go because it's like built into what you believe is part of yourself, right? And there's no seeing right. beyond that, right? Because your reality is all that's within your your framework. So like the, having it be so like almost with like the uh, an instant an instant in time right like the the accident itself was probably two seconds one second right and then everything right. like shifted and became like so like what do you think it was more how fast it happened and like and I guess it I guess what I'm trying to ask like is there how could you possibly prepare for something like this right like if you look back <laughs> at it are you like man I wish I knew this wasn't the way that it actually is? Or has it just kind of, has that what's been hard to deal with that all of a sudden it's like, there was no preparation, it happened really quick because i Like, have you thought about that?
1: No, I actually, I haven't. So, I mean, like, if you think about it like that in hindsight, like if I would have left 10 minutes earlier or 10 minutes later, everything could have been completely different. I slept in that day. It was the day after Father's Day. It was really hot. We had gone to the lake the day before. Uh, like, I remember all of that leading up to it really well. Um, like, any little variable could have changed. If one more person would have stopped at the stop sign and I would have been delayed 30 seconds, like, it could have changed my entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I haven't really thought about it in that respect. I guess I've been more hung up on just the fact that it happened in the first place. So, like, one of the hardest things... So, I like, I... Uh, I, guess I, I believe that I can control what happens to me to an extent, and I think... Like I said, this kind of shattered one of my core beliefs in that respect, but also the whole thing was just kind of a horrible experience, like in every facet. So like it was a hit and run. This guy left me, just left me in the ditch to essentially like die. What if I would have died? (laughs) What happens then? This person just gets away with manslaughter and that's okay somehow. Um, I was really hung up on the fact that he just left me and some, somebody had the audacity to actually do that to another human Mm -hmm. being. So it kind of like, it shook me like obviously all the pandemic stuff is happening. And then like, I'm already questioning society and civilization in the first place. And then somebody can do this to another human. Like what is wrong with this person? Um, And then like, it's, it's also, so any trauma usually results in some sort of grief. Right. So not only then was I like, I lost my identity in myself. Like, that all of the things that I like shattered me to the core in the sense that it shook my beliefs about who I am, what I was, but it took away one of my main coping mechanisms during one Mm -hmm. of the most stressful periods of what's probably my life. Um, my grandma was just re-diagnosed with cancer and dying. And so now another coping mechanism got taken away from me. Like it just felt like it just, it ripped every important thing from me at that time that I needed. And there was nothing I could do about it.
0: Yeah, and that's 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 an interesting thing to kind of talk about and and like figuring out where exercise and running like fits in in terms of the relationship that we have with it, right? It's like you know you and I for sure, most people listening to this uh, right now like are hardcore on the exercise train, right? And they're there for some reason, and Mm -hmm. it serves a purpose. And most of us are going to compete to some at some level. And, you know, it's a means to an end from that way. But a lot of it, it comes down to just having that like release or having something that is going to be like mentally rejuvenating for, for us and to help us as, as people. So I could imagine having that taken away so suddenly is, is really difficult. And something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is like, is that an appropriate relationship for, for exercise and for like my well being? right like should they be tied together so so tight and like if like so and what is the process like to then kind of decouple it and like if I'm looking at it like I would I would take the time to work and figure that out but you all of a sudden were forced to decouple it like and figure out ways to work around it yeah how did that go (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: depressing um ended up in therapy uh (laughs) (laughs) so it's really good a couple of months (laughs) Um, (laughs) I sound like a hot mess uh no I was a hot mess um honestly it's something I still think that I'm coping with because I mean a lot of athletes identify themselves as like I am a runner or I am an Olympian or I am an OCR athlete or whatever and I'm guilty of that so It was really hard to, I guess, like find my own value in other aspects of my life. So like I don't have kids. So like one of the things I like I live for is is training and my athletic ability and career because that's something that is important to me. It's the one of the most important things to me in my life. And that's different for everybody. I get that. Um, So like, yeah, like you said, like, (laughs) how do I adjust my identity for that to that? So it didn't change the fact that I was a runner or a professional OCR athlete or whatever. But I had to, I guess, kind of like find other things that filled my cup. Um, which was, I mean, I have other things. That's not the only thing I do. <laughs> but, uh, I had to find other ways to be okay being me, I guess, if that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm, it does.
0: So, like, and my
1: husband, and- my dog, other hobbies, you know.
0: Therapy, therapy again. <laughs> keep, therapy. Saying, keep saying <laughs> that. <laughs> so, but the, the when I think about it, it's like, um, like knowing where, like when you when you exercise, like something there's there's a physical thing that happens, and there's uh, chemically things kind of change, and the way you were before is different after, right? And like that could be uh, a feeling of stress relief. It's almost like tangible, like you're like okay, before I ran, I was upset. I ran. I'm not upset anymore. But finding other <laughs> methods of stress relief is is a difficult thing for me, be, and I'm sure for you because like the amount of time that we do train, it, it's so voluminous that like there's not a ton of time right. to put in other type of stress relieving activities in there. And, and, I, and I know for you because you're you're busy a lot, right? Like you do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so the so like having these other little things in there to figure out what's going to help balance balance you out or relieve stress. Um, how, what did you do to try to figure that out? And how did you know if it was actually relieving stress?
1: I guess for me, it was like, if I can do anything to disconnect, I guess, from like what I do on a regular basis so from work or life, whatever, uh, anything that will occupy my mind. So I'm a pretty high strung, high energy person. Uh, you have to only be around me for like five minutes to realize that I don't hold still. Well, I don't, I just never stop moving. <laughs> um, so anything that I can like, fully divulge my brain into is the best thing for me. Um, running does that. Like a lot of people say they get bored. That's not, no, you're using your entire body. That, it can't be boring. You, there's always something happening. <laughs> um, so, I mean, for me, a lot of things, like this sounds really super nerdy, but books. <laughs> um, I, I like learning and reading. So I did, I still spend a lot of time doing that. And then actually one thing that I think was kind of a saving grace for me was I was learning to play the piano. I was just going <laughs> to say, is, yeah,
0: like how did that, how, from scratch, like you just started out of, was there yeah. something you always <laughs> wanted to do and you're like, all right, I got a bunch of time now, like let's do it.
1: Um, No, I had actually started before the accident because I was like, I really want to be able to do that. And so I, I, it was kind of, it. the timing was actually optimal, like <laughs> the way it kind of landed. And then I, if I... I keep telling my husband this, like, if I were to practice that as much as I trained, I'd actually be really good. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but it was something that required, like, a lot of fine motor skills, like, a lot of practice. It took my whole concentration. So I ended up spending, like, a lot of time. I'm looking at it right now, sitting right over there on that bench in that little corner, um, with that piano. And it was, and and something about like just the music was like moving to me too. Like sometimes I would find myself just like m- like sitting there like moving around. Cody has videos of me like sitting here in the kitchen, and I had no idea he was even in the room. Like just in my own little world, <laughs> and that helped me a
0: lot. <laughs> That's interesting because I've got um I've always kind of like thought about the same thing like wanting to try to play an instrument. And my fiance actually got me a, a ukulele for Christmas, and it's like you know it's only four strings. Super. I've never played anything, but it, it is still. Yeah. Kind of like a physical part, like figuring out how to, like the dexterity of it all works. It's more physical than I thought, as silly as it sounds, because you're just sitting there barely moving your fingers, but it's like I
1: But it's I not. Can't <laughs> do some of
0: it. I'm like, I should be able to do all this. Like, I can't. I physically can't do it. Um
1: No, it's hard. Did you
0: like do you like it? Or was it just like something I do did like you it? Grow to, did you like it right away, or did you grow to like it?
1: Um, well, I really like just learning things. Like I've never I've never done learning. Like I and that person that always is like oh fun fact blah blah blah," and i'll tell you some random ridiculous thing that you're like why do you even know that um <laughs> but uh so that's why i like to read and stuff a lot so learning new things and the thing about that is like it's it's always going to be harder just like running like you can always train harder run faster like sure maybe i can clip off seven minute miles cool how about 640s now how about 540s you know what i mean like you can always get better and it's the same thing mm-hmm. with that like I can always pick pieces, new pieces to work on to get better and constantly, like, improve. So it, it it's never, I don't want to say I'm never fully satisfied, but kind of, because there's always space to, to improve. That makes it
0: sense. It does. And it's an interesting way to look at learning, <laughs> because, like, learning, you know, it doesn't necessarily take a linear path. It kind of does, right? You have to stack knowledge, essentially, to kind of reach the next thing, to understand and, like the like taking in big concepts like kind of to learn smaller ones and how they kind of build um music for sure because like you either could play it and then you can and you got to play something else a little bit harder that's a little bit more linear as it is with with running but i like that concept of of thinking about that with learning like there's always more to learn there's always ways to like get better and like stronger at learning which is kind of cool yeah um yeah
1: and i think i also learned like so i was taking lessons i found a lady who just lives down the road from me and it's kind of funny because I, she ended up becoming like one of like a really good friend. Like it was somebody completely disconnected from my athletic world, but she would like, I ended up like telling her a lot of this stuff that was happening with me. And she ended up telling me about the stuff that was happening with her life. And like, we came from completely different spectrums, but something about it just kind of like unified us. So she was actually like a really good, like place for me to like vent through this whole process. And you'd say that she, helped me a lot <laughs> in more ways than she probably realizes
0: <laughs> that, that's funny too. like united by the the piano it's like that's kind of how
1: yeah kind of how like
0: runners are too like i have friends who are runner runner people and like we know that there's just like one common thing that we have th- that we're doing it's like probably not friends or have any type of like re- relatability in any other respect besides like running or no. ocr and you found that with like the piano
1: yep yeah and I love her. She's, and her whole family, they're great. They're really super nice people. But yeah, other than that, like we really don't have that much in common, but somehow it was enough that like, it's almost like we found each other at a time that we both needed each other for different things and that we could offer that for that other person.
0: So yeah, well. Maybe yeah, she'll listen I did, <laughs> You have to share it. Sure she probably, it's probably not gonna come directly into her phone. She's probably not a subscriber, but um, you could you could send it to her. The, so I was going to ask about like, because it was so abrupt and, you know, there there's definitely an element of anger there and, like, having to deal with this new reality that you kind of had to live in. Like, and, like, I wanted to see if there was any type of silver lining around this. And, I mean, just that example there seems like, okay, you made this connection with somebody you may have never made a connection with before, pick, picking up a new skill. But have you thought about other other ways where this has kind of led to something that you might not have come across?
1: Yeah, kind of. So one thing that I have been really hung up on and for the longest time, like I kind of believe I'd be lying if I say I was like a super religious person. Um, but I've always believed that like in karma or fate, like things happen to you for a reason. Um, and one thing that I was really stuck on for a really long time was that something so I don't, like, I don't want to be the person that plays the victim. Like, Oh, poor me. I had this happen and this happened and this happened. And I don't really spout out on social media about like, the stuff that I just recently went through with my family and grandparents. Like most people don't know about this. I this is the first you're hearing about it Um, (laughs) or anyone has probably, but um, for a long time I was really like, what, what did I do to somebody in the universe in my life that made it that I deserved something like this to happen? Mm. Um, And I was, I was and still am to an extent very hung up on that. Like, Not because I don't want to, you know, poor me, this happened to me. Why me? Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to be that person. But so like I I almost for a long time felt like it was my own fault. Like, what did I do to someone else to deserve this kind of karma or this fate? And I I was racking my brain for so long trying to figure this out. And actually, so I have this group chat on my phone with Casey Monroe, Faye Morgan, Emily Stevens, and uh, Alex Walker. And uh, we talk every day. Um, and Alex was like, and this just really sticks with me, but she was like, maybe like sometimes you're a pawn in someone else's story. And so I think I kind of like, I had to reframe it with time in the sense that like, maybe this was a lesson for that guy that this happened to. And if it would have been anybody else, maybe they wouldn't have survived. And it was me to have the, like help him through his life lesson. Because I see, you know, like kids and older people ride their bikes on that road and it could have killed them. Maybe it was not that I'm like Superman or whatever, but maybe there was a reason it was me instead of them because I could survive and they couldn't.
0: Right. Or like it could have like beat them down so hard mentally that they couldn't get past the other side and to like tell the story of of what it was like for you during this. Um,
1: Yeah. Or maybe it would have killed them. Straight
0: up killed them. Couldn't tell it at all. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, or if it was like, like, was it better or worse that you were on an elliptical? Would it have been worse if you were on a bike.
1: Um, I have told Elliptical this because I actually work with them as like a rep, but uh, I honestly think that bike saved my life. Um, because if I was on a bike, I do think the handlebars could have gotten into my stomach, and I would have been clipped in, uh, like if I was on my gravel bike or road bike or something. And so it would have made my spine way more way more vulnerable. And the guy hit me from behind. So because of the frame of that elliptical, it actually kind of protects your vital organs in a sense. So I, honest, I honestly think the bike really did save that part of, me. like, I firmly believe that it protected my guts.
0: Totally. So <laughs> chances are, not saying that you're the only person riding an elliptical, but you're the only person I know <laughs> who rides an elliptical. So they probably would have been riding a bike if it wasn't anybody else. But um, yeah. the has that... And I mean that's a an interesting way to kind of frame it too the way kind of Alex approaches like hey if this this is a lesson and maybe this person will go on and, and 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 do something and live a different life and affect more people and like there's a ripple effect of of what happened here um that will do more good down the road and but was it still are you still able to grapple with like the the karmic effect of it because Like I could imagine wrestling with it because I have similar thoughts about that. When I hear when I when something happens to me or 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 I hear about different stories, I'm like, I I always have that thought, too. It's like, I wonder what happened, what I did to put myself in this position for this to happen, whether it is something that is that that I did that was negative or positive or just like how I ended up someplace, like how my thoughts led me to somewhere, whatever. Um, But I could imagine having having something so random and just like senseless more or less happen like could could just break that like are you still hanging on to to those thoughts or are you is it or are are they is it just more complicated now
1: I wish I knew the answer to that question (laughs) um I still think like it's there sometimes and I certain things will trigger me um like I said I've had a few episodes where uh so (laughs) So actually, you know, a lot of people don't know this either. I was hit again by a car <laughs>
0: after what? this, like
1: in this year. Oh, my God. Yes, uh, oh. this has happened again. So I'm just, I'm like a freaking glutton for punishment, apparently. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. You can wrong. just take
0: it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, for some reason we know you can just handle it. So it might as well happen to you if anybody else.
1: Yeah, this one was different, though. This lady didn't stop at a stop sign, and she, like, clipped me with her mirror, and I was running. And then, but it I, it freaked me out so bad that I, I actually, like, I lost it. I like started screaming at her and I punched her rear view window and I was like, you stupid profanity, profanity, (laughs) profanity. (laughs) And I got real mad. Um, So like under normal circumstances, I probably wouldn't have responded that way, but I've had this happen now. And so I, I was, it came from a place of fear. Like it just was, I was scared. I was petrified. Um, but yeah, sorry to answer that question. Uh, yeah, I, I do hang on to that a little bit, but I think like, I just have to kind of keep telling myself and keep reframing it because I honestly can't think of anything that horrible that I've done to someone. Like, sure, I've said mean things to people or I, I'm not the perfect person, but I've never like blatantly tried to hurt someone. Um, so I I keep coming back to that. And I think it's because I want to find solace in those, like what she said. Um and that, and maybe it was just one of those just shitty things that happen to people sometimes. Like it could just be that. So I need to, I'm still working on not giving it so much power over me emotionally, which is really hard and it takes time and it's a process. Um, and it, like I said, it's, I'm grieving the loss of like my faith in humanity, uh, grieving the loss of my summer of me being able to run, like a lot of things like that. And it just takes time which is gross, but you just have to kind of sit with it.
0: Yeah. And like seeing what's going to happen throughout that time. It's like <laughs> not knowing how it's going to, going to feel. And, and the, and the anger parts a little interesting to me because I felt that a little bit more recently as well. It's like, I will have bouts where like my anger will kind of like bubble and then explode type of thing. And it's been good. And over the pandemic is actually not terrible, but I did recently kind of have this outburst at someone who's like essentially <laughs> a stranger Um, and it made me feel so awful that I was like, okay, I'm not really necessarily in control of like, of my anger. Um, and that's also a little bit hard to, um, so I've been doing a little bit more work on like figuring out like how to manage things and (laughs) what it actually feels like when the anger is present and what that, what anger feels like versus whatever, versus, um, fear or what i mean they're tied so close right They're essentially they're so close um, or or what that is like what i need like when i get angry it's like what what am i what are my needs here right like
1: or like where is this coming
0: yeah like why what's going on like i'm not just i'm not just like this um and it's like right did this bring on anger or is it kind of i mean everybody will experience that at some point right anger but like this seems like it would really kind of bring it up to the surface, much much quicker, almost instantly, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like that poor lady. Like,
0: well, she again, did hit. She did hit circles. you. I mean, like,
1: she like clipped she didn't stop at a stop sign.
0: Not at, she did The rules I have to do that.
1: <laughs> that is, <laughs> it is against the rules. Um, no, and I like in that moment I was angry at her, but like then once I calmed down, I was like, okay, that came from. Like I had to just kind of like work through it and identify it. That came from a place of fear. She scared the living crap out of me because of what I have already experienced. She also doesn't know my story. So I look like a crazy person to her, even though in my mind, it was completely justified response to what had just happened. Like it could have been a lot less (laughs) stressful if I would have just calmed the shit down. But um, in that moment, I wasn't capable of doing that. But now I can see, okay, She made a mistake. She wasn't being malicious. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can kind of justify it. I overreacted because I was horrified.
0: (laughs) Right. And that's it.
1: But I don't know her story and she doesn't know mine.
0: Yeah. That's like the thing with it. And like this uh, one analogy I came across while I was like kind of reading up on things was talking about if someone, if you were going for a parking spot and someone cut in front of you and and took that parking spot, you would be like mad, right? You'd be angry at that. But if like the analogy goes, but if it was a cow walked in front and sat down in that parking spot, you would laugh. Right. You wouldn't be, even though your problem is like the same, you wouldn't be as mad at the cow as you would as a person. So it's like the way you are kind of looking at it, but like the problem was still the same. Like you were still scared because of what had happened to you. It was just kind of like brought on by this other, other person that was just in the wrong place, essentially. Um,
1: yeah, that's interesting. Because if that would have been like, and like you said, maybe it was an animal, or maybe it would have been person on a bike. I probably would have responded completely different. Right. Yeah, that's
0: true. Um, so, along with all this, like getting through like the emotional part and like figuring out like how to, like how like how to just to kind of pick up in this world and and, and move things forward. And like as things have really uh, come clear to you, or you know, the think different things that have become apparent with this whole process. Um, how has the physical part kind of come along? How is the physical, um, hmm. like, cause there was, there had to be some sort of rehabbing happen, right? Like you broke your leg. So
1: yeah. how was that then? <laughs> um, that was rough too. Um, so with the trauma, uh, we'll call it a traumatic incident, not an accident. It's funny. My dad's like, it's not an accident. Accidents are when accidental things happen. This guy left you. This is an incident. So in my family, it is now It's The, it's the Incident, incident. <laughs> okay.
0: It is now yeah. that in this podcast as well. We'll call it The Incident. Also known as The, the incident. incident. All right. Um,
1: so I think, okay, so this is a really good question. Uh, with that was like, so the physical pain and the mental pain are like became super jumbled, messed up. Like you just took a pen and you drew a bunch of squiggle lines all over a piece of paper. That's what it looked like. Um, <laughs> so... Um, I had to wait for the bone to heal, obviously. Um, But then coming back from it, there was so many like nerve things and I had pain everywhere else. So uh, like I ruptured the bursa in my elbow. I sprained my ankle. I had this huge, massive contusion on my forefoot. Um, I don't really know how that happened, Hmm. but it hurt a Hmm. lot. Um, (laughs) And then I had road rash everywhere. And I had this huge, um, I had road rash all the way to my kneecap. Like you could see the bone through my, knee skin i have an enormous scar there now um but there was nothing they could do they couldn't stitch or anything because the meat was just like so mangled and disgusting um that took forever to heal so with that i kept having like a whole bunch of nerve pain like everywhere like in my back and hips and my everything um and coming back from it was it was actually really 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 hard mentally uh even though like say the worst. So it was like, Oh, you just had a broken bone. Um, but I had all this like psychological nerve pain. So I had to go back to the doctor several times. Like they cleared me. And then I was like, no, something's still wrong. Cause I was, I got cleared to run 200 meters was my first run back. And then I was like, no, it hurts. I, there's something wrong. I, I was like convinced in my mind, something was wrong because my brain pain, Like while there was nothing actually damaged, my brain kept saying there was something damaged. So the pain in my mind was incredibly real. Um, Like it didn't go away just because even the doctor said it was healed. So I went back for imaging multiple times because I was like, I don't believe you. There's something still wrong. There's something still wrong. Um, And finally, I kind of got to the point where I was like, this is so arduous and awful. Like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like I was so frustrated and just emotionally spent and drained from Everything that had happened that I, I told my husband and Casey, my friend Casey, I was like, I don't, maybe I should just quit. Like, is this really worth it? Like, I am so tired of hurting. I don't know what to do anymore. Um, Like, it, it was just, I was questioning if it was even worth it anymore. And that was really sad because, again, that's something that I identify myself with. And I had kind of mentioned this to you when we were texting the other day that um, I found Taylor Cruz, and he kind of saved my career. (laughs) Uh, I don't think he really knows that. I haven't really told him that. I probably should. Um, But uh, so then uh, Casey, Casey, Cody and Ian Hosick um, were kind of like my main go-tos through this whole thing. Uh, Casey's my best friend. Ian's one of my best friends. And as Ian was helping me with my rebuild to running and we were talking about it and he's worked with Johnny and Mm -hmm. stuff and, um, Ian had worked with Johnny and stuff and was like, maybe you should try reaching out to Cruz to see if he can help you with this, like, the, pay, the pain stuff because he's, like, a pain guru. And so I did, and finally I was just like, I had a consult with Taylor, and we talked on the phone, and I was just like, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm at a loss. Like, can you fix this? <laughs> um, so he told me, he didn't even seem like Harley Faze. He was just like, yeah, okay, no big deal. I was like, oh, it's that easy, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> And so we, like, he really didn't. It was, I was just like, oh, well, apparently my problems aren't that big of a deal. Um, (laughs) But I think that's just kind of the illusion that Taylor has. Um, But uh, so we started working on stuff, and um, Ian was helping me with rebuild, and it definitely wasn't linear. Like, everything was very, very progressive. Like, it was just a couple minutes. Like, we'd add a minute at a time, take 30 seconds back, add a minute take two minutes back. Like if you look at my training, it was just, it's all over the place. Um, but through this, like, like I keep saying the brain pain, that is probably a Taylor Cruz um term. Uh is because again, those all those neural connections were just so boogered up from the trauma, the experience, and like me thinking that it was gonna like I wasn't gonna come back from it. So we started doing all of this crazy stuff to basically Distract my head while I ran to diffuse the pain, um like super weird stuff. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I want to talk about it because this stuff that he does, <laughs> like, like from the outside looking in, especially when it, you know you're coming from maybe like uh, a straight up strength conditioning background or you know exercise fizz background, like looking at the stuff he does, like that is silly. There's no chance that it works. <laughs> Zero, like. <laughs> but like when you talk to him, and he has that I, the, that concept of the threat bucket, right? and like like mm-hmm. emptying out the threat bucket and making so that you're essentially that your body and your brain trust that there is no threat there that everything is okay. so there's no reason to like project pain in places to slow you down essentially to to protect yourself more or less, right right
1: exactly. So yeah,
0: uh, was that like and I could imagine, like hearing that and be like, Oh, you're just like, it's not real. It's like, no, it's real. It hurts. Like this, how could this possibly work? Cause it's easy to buy into something like that because I do think this is something that is going to be uh, very much um, mainstream, maybe not maybe the next like 10, 20 years where it's like, okay, like the nervous system needs to be taken care of to make sure that we're, we're staying healthy. It's like, yes, you have a, a Achilles tendonitis or whatever, but there's was something that led us to that point through like the, mm-hmm. through not like paying attention to these signals and like these threats that were too high. So like, what was the buy-in like to, for that? Were you even so like, I'll try anything. I don't care. Or were you kind of like, this seems strange.
1: <laughs> I was kind of to the point where I was like, I'll try anything. I don't care. This is a last ditch effort. And if this doesn't work, then I think I, I I'm giving up. Um, like, so it was, it was kind of like, I was, I was desperate. Um, and some of the first stuff we did, I was just like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you you
0: actually, you running and doing weird stuff? Like to. Uh,
1: yes. (laughs) Running and doing weird stuff. So he has, I don't, I'd have to look through my notes. Basically. So between him and my sports psychologist in the last year, I have taken 109 pages worth of notes. Like this book that I have, I don't think he knows it's that many pages, but. I could write a book on those two and be like, this is the cure-all for everything. (laughs) Read this. It's weird shit, but it works. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, So uh, I'd have to go back through and like read some of exactly the notes. But so we would do certain things. And he talked about this when you guys talked. um, Do certain things and then test it because everybody's nervous system responds in a different way, right? So certain (laughs) sides of the body might be more acutely in tune to other sides of the body and like just how it all interconnects, he can explain it way better than I can. But I've learned so much, and then he also got me. Now I have these books around my house that are says like um, like textbooks about neurological pain and brain function mm. and stuff. <laughs> when since when did I read crap is like that? Is it a that? good read? Because what it, happened? Is in, it
0: is it too dense, or is it like can you? It's pretty I'm dense. sure it's incredibly dense.
1: It's pretty dense, but I have a not that I am super special, but I have a degree. It, and you've you've s- sifted
0: through some dense stuff. You can you can yes. do dense.
1: My master's degree is in biomechanics um, and kinesiology, so I like I like this stuff, anyways, um, which is why I was like, all right, yeah, let's try it. I believe I'll believe you if it works, and if it's a placebo effect, who cares if it, it works? works? It works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what ended up we? I just had all this constant pain, constant pain, like sitting, walking, sleeping, couldn't sleep because my leg just hurt all the freaking time. So I don't remember how exactly we decided on each side of this, but what I ended up doing to get over the pain while running was I literally would run with one earplug in one ear, just one earplug. So like we'd have these one-on-one sessions and he'd be like, do you have earplugs sitting around? Yeah. And then it's really funny because every single thing he asked for, I'm like, yeah, I have that. And he's like, why?
0: <laughs> he's just, why do you he's, he's just that? curious now. He's like, oh, <laughs> I just wanted to ask. <laughs> We're not yeah. going to use that then?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I ended up running for a long time with one earplug in one ear to like stop stimulus from that part of my brain. Um, and then I would put tea tree oil on my left hand and plug one nostril and sniff it out of the other nostril, but a certain nostril. Um, and that like because of the different like cervical nerves and stuff, they I don't remember exactly. It's in my notes, but all like correlated and made it so that my brain could only focus on certain things and it would completely distract me from the pain in my leg. And then I could get through my runs with one earplug stiffing tea tree oil.
0: <laughs> so just do that and you'll get better. Just do that and you're fine. <laughs> so there was, I, I I read this article or study or something some, somewhere that said like, if you had a pleasant smell in this study, like the, the pleasant smell of like an oil, it actually did help uh, with your pain tolerance. So I thought it was like, I'll just yeah. get an essential oil that's like vanilla and do it while I do like threshold workouts and see how that goes. I like I don't necessarily think I, that ever I ever did that, but it's probably along the same the same lines, right? Like, was there a reason it was tea tree oil, or just because that it's like that pungent of a smell? That it was a
1: pungent smell, but it had to be something that I liked. So like, if it was, I'm not, like skunk. I'm not a huge, I'm a huge fan of lavender. Not like lavender, actually, lavender. Mm-hmm. No, it's too. Eh. It reminds me of like old things,
0: but it's nice. (laughs) No offense, so old (laughs) lady
1: spring. Yeah, it's just it's too sweet. Like it makes my head hurt. Um, Yeah, I like tea tree oil, (laughs) but I also like the smell of like nature, and I like being outside. So that kind of made sense, right? Right. Um, But it was something pungent that was pretty powerful. And then we tested both sides of my sniff holes, (laughs) of my sinus, and it had to be one specific side. Because that part of the brain was connected to that side of my body, like it was, it was weird. <laughs> it was weird, but it worked.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, and like the whole thing, what I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I understand, it's like the body will perceive threats in different ways through the senses, and like I guess it could be, however, that your nasal cavity, wherever it delivers that, like it helps. It would just kind of bring the threats down because of this pleasant smell why the ear thing uh
1: same kind of idea so it would stop like the stimulus from one side of my body so like I was hypersensitive to one side like one ear than the other ear so we were trying to like dissipate one hypersensitivity so that I had to focus all of my senses on like the smelling of the tea tree oil
0: so okay got it
1: Kind of. I'm not explaining it very well. He's probably going to listen to this and be like, "Well, yeah, take take this down." Everybody knew that, (laughs) Um, but like, it's more
0: just—it's more just a way to kind of paint a picture of like how things are going to work different for different people, and like it's just really like the idea of like now these uh, different recovery mechanisms, like they all kind of work, but for different people, right? And this is just another way of of really uh, like drilling that home. It's like yeah people probably aren't going to get the same type of response from tea tree oil that you would get right um right. so once you kind of went through that process and started <laughs> to kind of lower the threats and and like that running then maybe wasn't going to be this like traumatic thing was it running specifically or was it was it other activities like if you were to lift or or whatever like was that also kind of painful or was it was the elliptigo painful
1: um elliptigo was a little bit painful not as bad as running it was mostly running but I was also like scared. Um, so I think a lot of it was just like the fear and part of how like that senses and stuff work is different cervical nerves are like innervate that part of your brain. So like your olfactory nerve is close to like a pain receptor. Mm. So I think that's part of it. I don't really remember the exact anatomy of the nervous system itself. That's a cruise question, mm. um, <laughs> but but yeah, so that's kind of how that worked. But it was mostly running uh, jumping for a long time was, uh, not good. Definitely not good. Um, so jumping and running, which kind of makes sense. They're similar in nature. Um, but that's where I saw the biggest challenges.
0: Was moving forward. So once you got like, were able to kind of get through the pain and you wouldn't get through the pain, right? You just kind of lowered the threat levels around it. So that the pain didn't necessarily come through, um, to, to like stop you from doing whatever you were trying to do. Um, did is this now something that you continuously have to do? Is it like, uh, like say, is it like your endurance where if you don't practice your endurance consistently, your endurance gets worse? Or once you're kind of beyond that point of like feeling pain for the sake of your safety, like, do you still have to do the practices that you may have done in the past with the senses of things? Or is it just kind of like, okay, you're, you're done with it. And like,
1: Right, I have, I have since stopped running with my earplug and tea tree oil. <laughs> <laughs> so we did that for a while. Then it's kind of like I hit certain like plateaus. And then once I got to a certain point, I was like able to remove one thing and then we've added another. So the practices have a, a, exactly stayed the same. So I'm still working with Taylor. We still meet uh, once a week and just do like one-on-one training, um, like just like via Zoom, because he's on the other side of the country. Uh, like I have a session tomorrow at nine. Um, but, uh, now we've moved on to other things. Um, but we constantly come back to stuff that we did in the past and then reevaluate it and kind of like, um, like evolve it, I guess. So like these practices worked great. I've mastered them. Now we have to make them novel again, like make them a little bit more advanced. So I just constantly keep progressing. Yeah,
0: it's like it's progressive overload, right? They go back and you make it, yeah, you make exactly. it a little bit harder. Um, so with all this now, like with all of this, like there's the physical part, the mental part, all of it kind of wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Now we're kind of coming out of the pandemic, right? And we're able to to compete. You've done a couple of races, about seventy five percent of the Spartan races so far this year. <laughs> that, like has this changed the like your perspective on training and racing, or are you just kind of like back with it is the way that it was?
1: I have started doing a lot of things differently than I was before. Um, that's kind of why, so I used to do on Instagram, like a training tip Tuesday, I've actually stopped doing that because a lot of the stuff that I would post isn't necessarily wrong, but there's a better way to do it. And that I've learned like through working with Taylor and just the past year. So I don't want to give like, not bad information, but like favorited information i guess like because if it worked for me that doesn't mean it's gonna work for everybody and that's something that i really concluded recently <laughs> is like it's like foam rolling might be really great for me but for some people it might be a really terrible idea actually
0: <laughs> totally but to, pu- to push yeah. back a little bit it's like you mentioned before it's like this is a process learning is a process that has to build on top of it right so even though that like you mm-hmm. might not be like you a couple of years ago, that information could have been helpful to someone who might not have been been in it as advanced. Where like people That's need true. to learn all that stuff first, right? Like when you start to get into yeah. it, you kind of have to figure it out on your own. Um, like someone who's just starting to work right into the where you are now, the information wouldn't it, it probably wouldn't click. It probably just I don't know. It would be nice to, for people to jump <laughs> like jump to make those jumps, but I don't know if it's it's like that, you know.
1: No, no, that makes sense. Like they have to experience it and see if it works for them too. But I don't think there's just like a one cure all for uh-huh. everybody. Like it, that's just not, I used to think that and I definitely don't anymore.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. And that's, that's, that's tough, especially as coaches and you look back you're like, oh my God can believe i was prescribing that
1: <laughs> oh, i told you to do that oh right. no
0: <laughs> now it's like I'm, I'm, I'm really nice when i see like other people's information out there and it's like that hey they're just figuring it out <laughs> like that's yep, fine yep. i was there too and and it probably will be there in a couple <laughs> years from now looking back at what i was saying now i right <laughs> yeah, be like oh my god yeah. um so that's cool. that's a cool perspective <laughs> to have. It's it it just opens up this whole more like nuanced way to kind of train and 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 do things. Like there's like unlimited possibilities with that and combinations of how to do yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Well, it kind of goes back to that thing of like I just like learning more and more stuff. And so I guess I have really kind of like dived in, dived, dove into. I don't know. <laughs>
0: grammar. Yeah, not, not an English no, teacher, neither, obviously. Got nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have gone head first into all, there we go, all of this, like, new material. And it is, it's fascinating. And I, I mean, I, I want to learn all of it. Um, but like, it's, it's never ending, just like anything else. Like, but I like, I do like the process. So coming back from all of it, like getting through this process, yes, I'm still dealing with some of the stuff. Oh, and you asked me, like, the races and things. Like, no, my season is not what I thought it would be. I still have things I need to overcome. Um, <laughs> like uh, this last weekend in Ohio, I didn't race well. Uh, I, I didn't. Well, that's I don't know if you want to open that can. I
0: we say. could. I mean, uh. I, cause I do. I do want to ask about <laughs> the um, So we could. You were, ended up like around fifth, right?
1: Hey, four, fourth, my yeah. Bad. But four. still, that wasn't what I should have done. I should have been up there with Casey and Alex, um, honestly. But uh, so Jacksonville. Let's just go through let's do the it season from the start. about that. Yep. Okay. Jacksonville was a shit show. Uh, I was super mortified about that race. I was embarrassed because a bunch of people had picked me to be a podium contender at the U.S. National Series race. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm so strong. I was – that was a joke. That was like
0: <laughs> – when I saw – honestly, when I saw you racing there, I was like, oh, wow. It's like, it's kind of close to when – only like seven or eight months removed, right, from
1: uh, – Not even that right.
0: long. So, yeah. like, when I saw your results there, I was like, oh, she's just – not there yet. That's uh, Nope, not right? there yet. <laughs> it's just like, all right, this is part of the season. Like We're here to race. And like, she just went to go bust some rust, see where you're at.
1: Yeah, and learned that I was really not fit. And <laughs> um, definitely had a lot of rust to bust. Um, no, I came into that race completely petrified. That's been the first race since I broke my leg. And it was muddy, sticky, gross terrain. I was absolutely horrible horrified that i was going to get hurt um, i ran like a dummy um, i was not fit as i thought i was and that makes a lot of sense you, you find out <laughs> quick when
0: you're not when you when the fitness isn't there you know <laughs>
1: yeah found that out very rudely at the end of the first mile and then i was like oh no we are in this is gonna be the longest 5k of my life <laughs> and it was it was exactly that mm-hmm. um I was like really embarrassed for a while, but then I was like, actually, you know what? Like, I came into this absolutely petrified that I was going to break my leg again, and I didn't. So, this was overall kind of a victory for me, even though on paper everyone's like, "What the hell happened to Ashley?" <laughs> um, but that's yeah, great. That's and, and that's not... yeah.
0: it's it's part <laughs> like when you look at it for like the timeline of like where you're end up going to ultimately be successful after this, it's not eight months after, right? But there needed to be a point where you started. And like that's all it was. Yes. Even though it's like
1: it was a data point. It was a data point,
0: and it was just it was early, which is unfortunate. And it was a big race, and it was the first race back for a year. Um, claro. But it's all it was. It's like you needed to do that, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, needed to do it. Um. So then I was like, all right, need to get some high end aerobic fitness going on. So hammered that for a couple of weeks. Came back to Las Vegas, won the super. Felt good about that. Um, <laughs> and then got second in the sprint. I was just tired. Mm-hmm. Because I, I wasn't at peak volume yet still. I'm still not at peak volume. Um, I've been pretty conservative. So uh, I'm getting there. But yeah, so then then my life got real extra yucky. Uh, I'll just tell you the truth. My grandma got diagnosed with her second bout of breast cancer. She'd been in remission for nine years. My grandma was like my best friend. Like she's my secret keeper. Mm-hmm. Um, dare I say probably the person i'm closest to on the entire world um she she's she's my person um i'm not like super outgoing with this kind of stuff i'm very emotionally guarded and i wasn't like that with her and she would always keep her secrets anyways so she got sick um and then they put had to do a double mastectomy the surgery didn't go well and they had to go back in and fix it and then she didn't heal right from it and then it came back immediately after the double mastectomy and then they put her on chemo and uh radiation and stuff and they that worked for a couple weeks then it stopped working and then they put her on hospice and said you have about six months Mm. to a year um so then two weeks before the montana race i went to my grandparents house to be with her because my dad had called me the week before and said if you don't go you're probably not going to get to see her again so i did i went and stayed with them and it was hard because I had to like teach my grandpa how to do finances. Like grandma was on bed rest, like hospice came in, we were getting on morphine, like she was, she's dying. Um, and uh, my grandpa and I got real close over those couple days <laughs> or a couple weeks. And then I went straight to the Montana race from their house in Eugene, Oregon, um, because grandma said, you will go to that race. And I was like, well, grandma said, I have to do this. So I have to do this. Uh, so I went to that race and I was not emotionally prepared to race that day. I could imagine. <laughs> uh, my head was somewhere else. I was tired. I was exhausted. Like I just kind of went through the motions in that beast. And then of course it was a loaded field like Casey Monroe, Lauren Weeks, Ashley O'Hara, Callie. Uh, I can't say her last name, but we know who Shrek Callie Park. is. Yep. Uh, yeah, she's in my bonus she's shower, but <laughs> I like just have random letters. As her last it's a really name long last phone.
0: name. It's like a lot of letters yeah. in
1: there. A lot of letters. The Callie and then Faye Morgan. <laughs> it's like it was It was a stacked. It was a really stacked
0: weekend for sure.
1: Yeah. And I like I remember racing the beast and well, running the beast. I ran it. I didn't race it. I was running the beast and like I was watching Ashley O'Hara and she's like braiding her hair while she's running. I'm like, how is she braiding her hair while she's running? And then I realized, why are you thinking about how she's braiding her hair instead of racing her? <laughs> Not totally engaged. <laughs> yeah, I was just really disconnected. <laughs> just kinda going through the motions so I ended up fourth there which I guess given the circumstances wasn't terrible probably could have done a lot better if I would actually had my brain in a good spot um, and then the next day I was like dang it I need to run real fast in that sprint so I did I came out and I got I was leading the race and then Alyssa showed up that day too to run the super and the sprint and I only ran the sprint um, I was leading it and then she just barreled down this downhill faster than me and I got second which is okay it's fine Um, then I went straight back to my grandparents after that. And then my grandma passed away and it was just me and my grandpa there. And I had to help grandpa with arrangements and finances and social security. And there that morning at three in the morning, he came in and woke me up and said, I think grandma passed. Can you check? I was like, uh, okay. So I had to go see if my grandma had a pulse and she didn't. And then we had to change her clothes and get her ready for the mortician and just sitting there with my grandpa at three in the morning doing all this was, it was, it was just a lot, you know? Um, and then I came back and since then I've just kind of been a hot mess. <laughs> so that's my story.
0: Yeah, and yeah. well I appreciate sharing that. It's like and I'm really sorry, that's been so hard.
1: Well, that's part of this deal. So then I went to Ohio thinking I need a better beast before I go into Utah and i just i'm not there yet i got I got a lot of stuff happening so yeah
0: and <laughs> and with now because with the whole idea of like the 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 stress being like all, like not just physical like there's the mental part of it has like pain come back
1: that's a good question no yes not in my leg so that's good I have a lot of feet problems, but that's kind of a thing I have anyways. Um, No, I've just been really tired. Like, so in Ohio, I ran the Beast. I was more connected than I was in Montana. Um, It was just hot. I wasn't really prepared for the heat. I think I'm a little underfit for a Beast. Um, I can run a 5K and a 10K pretty fast right now, but 14 miles, like I'm not to peak volume yet, is still just a little bit too much. Um, like my fitness just isn't there quite yet. And that's okay. Like I know what I need to do again. It was another data point. Um, but actually on Sunday I came back and I tried to run the sprint and I didn't really feel like doing it, but then I towed the line and I remember I, on the start line, I looked at Casey and I was like, I don't think I want to do this. And she's like, no, you're fine. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like literally on the start line. And I um, started the race and then like 0.7 miles, I was up Alex's butt, like right on her. And then I was just like, you know what, actually, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to. And I stepped off the course. Like I actually stepped off the course. I just didn't have the headspace to focus for that long with all of the things that I have going on. (laughs) And that's okay. And I think that that was actually good for me because I could identify it and now I can address it before I race again.
0: I was just going to ask that I had the word written down like address down like because because that is part of navigating life in general and athletics, right? It's like addressing the things that need to be addressed in the physical space and also the mental space and also knowing how to to counterbalance uh, both of those things so that everything is working together, so right. how are you planning on doing that? Are you pulling back a little bit or from the physical or?
1: No, so I have tools in place and I haven't really, so since I came back from my grandparents, I've just been kind of like disconnected all over the place. And I had this conversation with Cody the other day. So like sometimes Cody's my husband, so <laughs> he's, he's, he's a football coach. Um, and sometimes I have to have a conversation with him where I sit down and I'm like, okay, I need to talk to Cody. And then I also need to talk to coach Cody but I need to talk to them separately. So who would you like to be first? (laughs) That's good to lay it out
0: like that. So he makes it clear.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, we, I talked to coach Cody first, but then I have to remind him, Hey, I'm not a 16 year old, uh, linebacker. Mm -hmm. I am Mm -hmm. a female athlete. Don't talk to me like you talk to them, please. First of all. Um, (laughs) so, um, So we had that talk about like what I needed to do. And he said, like, since I came back, I haven't been treating myself like a professional athlete. I've just kind of been going through the motions and I need to be more intentional about like my activities. And so I've started like a more of a mindfulness practice where like I do these meditations um, and I identify things like that I want out of my season, like goals and stuff. But then also things that I want physically, like that I'm free of illness and injury, and I need to trust my body. And just by doing that like constantly in the repetition of it actually helps me believe that that is possible for me. Like this sounds all kooky and weird, but I swear it really works. <laughs>
0: you have to believe it first. First it actually happen. You have to like think of the thing that needs to happen first. Yeah. yeah,
1: like you have to manifest that idea and then make it your reality. Right, it's not just gonna um,
0: appear, but like exactly. it needs to be a thought first.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, so I need to be more diligent about those things. And then coach Cody said, like, let's make a schedule. This is what it's going to look like. This is how you're going to be more diligent with each of your practices. And I was like, okay, yes, I like that plan. And then Cody, husband Cody said, also, you have to remember that like you've had this, this and this going on. Like, And then after the race in this weekend, not coach Cody, but husband Cody was talking to me and he said, we need to figure out a plan to like get you to debrief some of this stuff um so we're going to get my people put together and Cruz and I are going to have a conversation about this tomorrow um I'll talk to my sports psych again about it and then like we're making a plan of like how I can address these things and get them within control so that I can actually focus when I need to when it's time and it's important if that makes sense like I sound like a hot mess but I guess uh, it's kind of important because like everybody has life stuff and it you have to be able to compartmentalize it if you want to actually perform at anything.
0: It's critical, right? And like, yeah, compartmentalizing and, and, and taking it for what it is at its face is important to take things head on. But they also are connected, right? Like, you can't just put that into a bucket and then be like, okay, now I'm going to race well. Like, you just you just tried, right? And it, right. It, they're, they're <laughs> going to affect each other, right? And 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 um, and I think that that's something for for most people have a hard time balancing, you know, because whatever stressors do kind of come their way. It's hard to know like what the appropriate course of action is like from the physical standpoint, like what's ser- what's going to serve you best, like right. Like it would not exercising for a week improve your fitness because it would bring stress levels down in, in ways. You know what I mean? It's like, where is the balance on these things? Like I'm trying to figure that out. Right.
1: But then at the same time, how badly do I need that in order to decompress those stressors too? It's so, like, that's a fine line.
0: Right. But you got the piano yeah. now. So you could do a week of just <laughs> piano playing just to just let it all out and see. That's true. I do have the piano now.
1: <laughs> it sounds so silly when I say just the piano. But I mean, it's anything that you like. I don't know. Um, I probably won't stop training. I think I really like the idea of making it more intentional. Like I need to train like a professional if I want to be a professional. And I kind of got derailed a little bit. So I need to realign that. And I can do that. Like that's something I'm good at. I'm good at time management. I actually, like our business that we run, that <laughs> literally teach all of our people who work for us how to do that. So I just need to implement my own practices, which it's simple, but I was like, oh, well, oh, duh. Right.
0: It's <laughs> like taking that step back and being like, oh, I know what to do here. Like, right. Like it's all, it's all right in front of my face. It just wasn't doing the thing yeah. that I know I need to do because it's not automatic, yes. right? Like you think you get to the point where you know how to do it so well that it's just going to happen. But it's not really like that always always, now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, cool. So uh, this has been really helpful. I I think this is going to be a great conversation for a lot of people to hear because it's like the, the, the instance that you went through, the incident that you, that happened was (laughs) definitely unique to you, but these things do happen to, to everybody to some respect. Right. So it's, it's been really, really interesting to hear how like this whole process has kind of come along. Um, so so you're still on the Elliptico? That's still how, do, and you say you work with Elliptico as a rep?
1: Yeah, so um, I, there's not a lot of people, like bike shops don't really, they don't have a lot of local retailers all over the place. So, well, they do in some places, but other places not. So they have like these reps that are around the country. Yeah, um, the,
0: um, So. If, I was actually uh, a, a running footwear rep before like getting into like the, the fitness space. Um, and a buddy of mine who I worked with moved with elliptico to be like the midwest rep and he like he's like so i talked to some of the people like to inquire about the like mid-atlantic region this was years ago this is probably six seven years ago so like i'm from that. like so the people there were awesome like that was the main selling point for me i didn't i Mm -hmm. ended up like the territory was massive is your territory huge are you going places or are you just calling people because i would imagine the physical space that you would cover where you live is is probably massive
1: i'm mostly just the boise like treasure valley uh, so what happens is like, they are interested, they make an inquiry online and then it emails me and says, this person's interested, email or call them. And then I chat with them and be like, Hey, what are you looking for? Let me answer your questions. Um, you know, that kind of thing. And then if they're serious buyers, I will meet them and they can test write it and then order their own. Got it. So I have the, yeah, I have the bikes here so they can do a test because it's a large investment and you know, I, I wouldn't buy it without buying it or testing it first. I tested mine before I bought one.
0: And we um, never really talked about what it what it is, but oh. basically <laughs> it's like an, a, a, an elliptical that moves.
1: Yep, basically. Right? An elliptical on wheels is what I call it. So it's like you take your elliptical machine outside, but it has a larger, like a longer stride length, So it more mimics running. And then you can go on varying terrain and stuff. I love you it. You get pretty fit. On. Oh, yeah. Well, it's kind of becoming like... I would just like to say I you I've had my elliptic go for well I've had I've had it like five now. But um <laughs> I've had it for several since like twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. So I was using the elliptic before it came the cool thing to do in OCR. But is now, it the like, cool uh, thing to do?
0: I didn't know. Well,
1: I there's a lot of people now who are training on them. Like uh Bill Brumbach has one, Casey has one, uh Amelia Boone has one, Becca has one, like there's Callie had one for a while. Uh there's a lot that you can do with it because it's basically like you can get a lot of your low-end aerobic work mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. on there without the pounding um, of running. So
0: and wasn't Meb was uh, using it for? Oh a lot, yeah, right? Meb. He- mm-hmm.
1: There's a lot of Olympians. Alfine, the Olympian. Oh really? Uh, the marathoner. Yeah, the US Molly trials. Seidel, Seidel, whatever. She's on it. She went to elliptical world championships with me in October. Is she the one who beat. Yeah, um, I saw your
0: post. Like the. Yeah, that's she okay. Took yeah, it I, t- I don't t- mind
1: being beat. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she also weighs like. 80 pounds yeah <laughs> and I was coming off of a broken foot not running at all and I was like <gasps> yeah. I'm fine it's great I cool up an Olympian beats me it's like do you think
0: it gets you <laughs> in better shape than biking would just because of the position and like your heart probably has to work a little bit harder than on a bike right just because you're you're completely vertical and not necessarily sitting or
1: yeah I think it's it requires more energy to propel than a regular bike. Like you can't go as fast on the elliptical as you can on like a road bike. Um, so you could put in the same amount of time and not go as far, but you also have to work harder and the posture is what's what you're getting. So like you still have to engage your core. You still have, it is exactly the same running motion and mechanics versus a bike that isn't. I mean, I think if you don't have an elliptical bike is a fantastic option. Um, But I would say that it's more reminiscent of running than the bike does. But it's just another way to get that low-end aerobic work. And you can actually do some high-end stuff. Like, if you climb hills, that will kick your ass, too. I bet. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, because I would – and if you're just not interested in in the bike aspect of, like, needing to go further or go faster, like, I don't – like, that's for me, like, I don't necessarily want to get a nice bike because I don't care. And I I do it just (laughs) for the cross-training. So, elliptical would probably be a move.
1: Yeah. I like, I like, I hate being inside. Like the weather has to be pretty treacherous for me to go to the trainer, either on a bike or the elliptical. You can put the elliptical oh. on a trainer too. <laughs> Turn um, it into a regular guess, elliptical. Yeah, you can. Um, it has to be pretty bad though. And I like it because I can go outside. Like I don't like staring at a wall doing my cardio. I just, I can't, my brain can't handle that. Yeah
0: um well cool so check out the ellipticos. <laughs> and you're, you've you been doing um working with the ocr dream team a little bit right
1: oh yeah so i'm not on the dream team right. uh, but, elevate. but the yep the elevate i'm a regional ambassador what she called that yeah uh so like if you go on to like the mighty networks elevate platform there's a bunch of groups like that breaks it into like regions um so i'm with the pacific northwest it's oregon washington and idaho um and it's basically like a way. So, like, you can be part of any of the groups, but you can, um, like, if you're part of the regional ones, like if we have meetups or races or stuff like that, it's just a way for you to like connect with people and engage in that area, so that you could meet more people in the sport. For anyone,
0: any any woman right. in the sport.
1: Yep. Exactly. Okay.
0: Gotcha. Because that's part. Of, so they just have to inquire. So if someone lives or anyone lives anywhere, they can just inquire onto that link to get onto a group. So it's more like a community, like an online community.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So basically like Nicole's trying to make it so that the people who are already in the sport are more accessible to people who are newer to the sport, because we found that there's kind of a disconnect in like a lot of people think that they can't talk to Nicole because she's Nicole Miracle or, you know, whatever, but that's not the case. Like we want them to talk to us, ask us questions because we want women to feel empowered that they can be part of this. And like, we're not scary Please come join us. We want you to be a part of this community.
0: So. Cool. I like that idea because yeah, like so there's there's yeah. kind of a barrier on social media. I mean, you can reach out to anybody, but it's like so busy and gross. But like <laughs> if, if there's a space dedicated to that, I could see how that could be really helpful. Cool. That 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 yeah. makes sense. That, that makes it a little bit more clear. I just wasn't sure what the uh, Muddy networks part had for it, but that makes sense. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you got? For, what do you got for the rest of the year?
1: Ooh. Okay. So I'm gonna run. Oh, bell ring. Sorry about that. Um, no idea who's there. Um, so I'm going to run a lot faster Get my shit together mm-hmm. I sound like a hot mess, but I'm not, I swear It's improving <laughs> If I can come back and win in Vegas I can I can do some stuff uh, So I'm going to hit all the Nashville Series races Because I already used a drop race in Jacksonville
0: There's um, four more though, right? Are you going to do the North Carolina yeah.
1: one? I'm just going to do them all, them all Knock them out yep. uh, I need to take advantage of opportunities One thing I've learned in this past couple year this year is that i am not going to take anything for granted like i if i have the opportunity and the availability i'm going to do it because uh you only live once that's so cliche but you really do
0: <laughs> yeah at least you, at least you didn't um, say yolo so that's i uh, pr- no, appreciate you nice. almost i thought you were gonna I was like here it comes um
1: no oh, ew that's gross <laughs> so you're doing
0: all the, <laughs> the national series stuff um yep. what do you, what's the championship race like what's the a race you think
1: Oh, I'm torn between OCRWC and Tahoe because, well, OCRWC is fun and both my sponsors are going to be there, Venga and Salming. Um, But also, I've done really well in Tahoe and I like that cold, freezing mountain. We get along. We get along great. My best performances have been there. Um, So I'm kind of leaning toward Tahoe right now. And then if I can get to Abu Dhabi with COVID and all that legal stuff why not
0: Let's do it. yeah if he gets there the um because you figure you were seventh in 2019 right and like this the field is gonna be split I mean and even coming is seventh like a podium finish not to put anything on you but a podium finish is like close so like being in sports yeah. North American Championships pretty good payday for a podium on for a North American Championship it's true. you know
1: um, it's true because and I like the mountain. And
0: you like the mountain; you do well there. <laughs> that that's, that race is going to be wide open on the women's side mm-hmm. you know, with Nicole Yeah, out, well, I know a not, lot of probably people... not going to go.
1: Oh, yeah, she might go to the CRWC. Yeah, I thought she said yeah, she was I... I thought that was like oh,
0: but I don't know. I don't know. I could just I'm spreading rumors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, let us yeah. know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it could be wide open. Um, but I, that being said, too, I think the women's field has kind of stepped up this year um there's it's it's getting spicy and i like it the,
0: the, de- the depth <laughs> is really filling in and that's something that yeah. um that was a little that probably was a little lacking in years past but like every race now like the men's side has seemed to be a little bit more thin and at least so far yeah. in the um the regional races the women's fields have been deep yeah
1: like the montana race and then oh this weekend in ohio it was alex walker case Monroe, aaron sunday me the Miranda, I can't say her last name either with the K. Yeah, yeah. She knows who she is. Uh, like, there's a lot of people, yeah, <laughs> who can put up some good marks. So it's good.
0: Totally, yeah. So we'll see how the the rest of the national series shakes out. Because, but yeah, that that, that could be also. I mean, you figure Lindsay will probably do the rest of them. But um, cool. Well, it sounds like you just got a regular season and whatever whatever kind of comes, will you'll we'll take on. So um yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you being honest and sharing and uh, i think people <laughs> get a lot from this so where can people find you elevate yeah, mighty networks for sure elevate. right
1: yep do that uh and then instagram i'm more of an instagrammer than a facebook or twitter person um at ash Mill 22 i got really clever that's also my email when i first made my
0: instagram. branding you're not on tiktok yet
1: no i had it on my phone and then i hate that it locks you in like when you hit back you have to hit back 47 times to get out of the app and i'm like let me out of here it's a prison I mean, it
0: really is crazy <laughs> like when you open it like i like it just starts playing stuff like you don't have any options on it it like takes like- you You're like oh my god yeah, i'm gone now and then you
1: just get sucked in it's a wormhole it's crazy
0: yeah it's better better yeah. off of that well, <laughs> um, you, again, I appreciate that. I think you need to. I need you to stay on the browser for a little bit as we hit stop. But I'm gonna hit stop now. So we're uh, we're long enough. So we'll talk to you soon.
1: Okay.